News. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It is 7.30 on Wall Street, 7.30 in Washington, D.C., where Tom Keene and Michael McKee are this morning after Super Tuesday. A lot going on in the financial world. Here's some of the corporate headlines we're following. Sports Authority filing for bankruptcy this morning after failing to exploit the fitness boom. Germany's antitrust regulator opening a probe into whether Facebook abused its power in the social network market by forcing customers to agree to terms allowing use of their data. And Anadarko Petroleum rising after announcing plans to sell $3 billion in assets this year while cutting spending on new wells and other projects by almost 50%. Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world in national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton have taken Massachusetts primaries with both candidates also widening their leads nationally in Super Tuesday contests. Trump outdistanced his Republican challengers while Clinton got a narrow win over Bernie Sanders in the state. And as for Super Tuesday overall... Trump and Clinton each won seven states. Meanwhile, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is catching some heat in his home state after endorsing Donald Trump. Six New Jersey newspapers have called on the former presidential candidate to resign as governor. Crews in southwestern New York State are working to contain a leak on an ethanol tanker that derailed early this morning. The tanker was among 16 cars on a freight train that derailed in the town of Ripley, about 60 miles southwest of Buffalo. Sheriff Joseph Girasi. We've evacuated 45 houses. About 30 people are in shelter right now. Others found family and friends to stay with. Jirasi says the cleanup could take days. The Royal Caribbean cruise ship that was battered in a storm last month in the Atlantic has returned to port early, cutting short another cruise because of weather issues. The Anthem of the Seas docked in Bayonne, New Jersey, early this morning. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. More than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stashower, John. All right, thanks, Mike. It was the outbreak of domestic violence cases in the NFL that led baseball with the union to agree last summer to a new policy. The first player suspended under it is new Yankees reliever Aroldis Chapman, who was involved in an incident last fall in Florida with his girlfriend. Though no charges were brought, he was alleged to have choked her and then taken a handgun and fired eight shots in his garage. Baseball has suspended Chapman for the first 30 games of the upcoming season. Busy night for the locals. Only the Islanders won 3-2 at Vancouver on a Thomas Hickey goal in the third period. The Isles have won eight of their last 11. The Devils have lost six of seven. Playoff hopes are fading. Carolina with two late goals to win 3-1. At the Garden, two teams going opposite ways. Portland beat the Knicks 104-85. Blazers have won 14 of their last 16. Knicks have lost 15 of 18. At one point, Carmelo Anthony was heckled by a courtside fan, so he pointed to owner James Dolan and told the fan to ask Dolan for his money back. Was to be the last time the Nets would ever face Kobe Bryant, but he didn't play. Sore shoulder rookie D'Angelo Russell scored 39 points. Lakers ended their eight-game losing streak, beating Brooklyn 107-101. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. 
Thank you, John. Well, we did not stay up late to watch the Islanders. We were watching politics. We'll continue our discussion on that with E.J. Dion of the Brookings Institution and the Washington Post coming up in just a moment, about 10 o'clock when the game was getting underway out in Vancouver. The Super Tuesday primaries were, for the most part, wrapping up a big night for Hillary Clinton, a big night for Donald Trump. What happens next? That's our subject for most of today on Bloomberg Surveillance Worldwide. Welcome back to Bloomberg Surveillance. It is a down day, at least uh, in the futures markets right now. S&P futures are off by four points. Dow E-mini futures down by 28. NASDAQ futures are five points lower. Up in Europe, however, with the stock 600 up a point, that's uh, three-tenths of a percent. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Mike, good morning. Coming up on 735 on Wall Street, and here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The future of Facebook and other Internet services that make money advertising things to you may hinge on your personal information. Germany's antitrust regulator opened a probe into whether Facebook abused its power in the social network market by forcing customers to agree to take-it-or-leave-it terms allowing the use of their data. The federal cartel office is examining whether the terms breach data protection laws and whether imposing them is an antitrust violation, even as the authority acknowledged that information about users is hugely important for advertising-financed Internet services. Facebook said in an emailed statement that it's confident it complies with the law and looks forward to working with the investigators to answer their questions. The social network is facing mounting pressure from the European Union's 28 privacy watchdogs over how it uses the treasure trove of customer data. A half dozen countries have opened separate national investigations. One concern, can users really understand and assess the scope of the agreement they're accepting and exactly what they're giving up? And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Mike, I'm presuming you've read every one of the roughly 3,000 words that make up Facebook's terms of service. About uh, 2,999. I got got a little more work to do. I'm I'm thinking about E.J. Dion out on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm on Facebook, I guess, and I can't get there. Bob Moon, thank you um, so much. With us, E.J. Dion of the Brookings Institution, Georgetown University, and, of course, writing not often enough in the Washington uh, Post. His new book, Why the Right Went Wrong. I love the subtitle, Conservatism, uh, and he goes on to talk about From Goldwater to the Tea Party and Beyond. E.J. Dion, let's talk about Washington. Uh, we're thrilled to be with 99.1 FM Washington. Uh, it's, it's such an interesting and historical capital. We are nestled against the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. Over three blocks is St. John's Episcopal Church, the Church of the Presidents and that, with a lovely Catholic heritage here as well. Does religion matter to Washington and to this election? Well, religion does matter a lot to this election at the moment, particularly on the Republican side. If you look, by the way, at Ted Cruz's victory in Oklahoma, obviously a lot of it has to do with his being next door in Texas. But that, this is one place where evangelical, evangelicals, born again, who have been split, actually delivered for Cruz. Cruz carried the evangelical vote, which is about three-quarters of the Republican vote in Oklahoma, Uh, And Trump beat him badly among those who aren't evangelical. But what you've seen in this primary is a real split in that vote, the white evangelical vote, uh, between those who are voting on the old issues that Cruz talks a lot about, abortion, same-sex marriage, now uh, religious liberty, 
Uh, and those who are just so angry that the culture has gotten away from them, who see the cu- country changing in horrible ways uh, from their point of view, uh, that they are voting for the angry candidate, uh, Donald Trump, to stop them. Uh, and so in, we're going to have a real reckoning at the end of this election, or in the, where we're having it right now, about what the religious conservative movement uh, actually is. On the Democratic yeah. side, I'm struck that Hillary is speaking more and more in religious terms. You know, she is a good Methodist. She is actually a religious person. I've thought for a long time uh, that, you know, if her problem is that some people don't think she's authentic, this is a part of herself that's real uh, and that she can speak to. And I think you heard it last night. You heard it after her victory in South Carolina when she quoted St. Paul on love. And she's even using the term love and saying we need more of that in our public life. Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting turn on her part. We've got about a minute and a half or so left. Give, give us a quick cliff notes on the book and the path from Goldwater to the Tea Party, because I'm, Barry Goldwater was very much an uh, isolated, shall we say, character. I'm not saying isolationist, but um, he would rather you know, lose on principle than win by compromising. But then Ronald Reagan took that to the party's apotheosis. Well, he was willing to compromise with Tip O'Neill and others. Party did great. And now look, how did we get from there to here? Well, the core Goldwater promises, Goldwater was a lovely man in so many ways, by the way. I'm very critical of his ideas in 1964, but he was a very decent man. But remember, it was Barry Goldwater who said in 1964, extremism in defense of liberty is no vice, moderation in pursuit of justice is no virtue. Uh, and that Reagan did indeed compromise. There are kind of, I argue, there are two Reagans. Uh, the Reagan that ideologues refer to, who really was a movement guy, uh, and the Reagan who governed, who was willing to compromise when he had to deal with Democrats, which he did, both as president and as, as governor of California. Um, but the Goldwater's promises couldn't be kept. They were party radicalized. And I think its leadership today, when they can't stop Trump, is really paying a price because uh, they played footsie with Trump. Uh, Mitt Romney is trying to beat him now, welcomed his endorsements, giving him really fulsome praise at the time. Um, and the yeah. line that keeps coming back to me is John Kennedy's line that he who foolishly rides to power on the back of the tiger ends up inside. Uh, the Republican yeah. leadership rode the forces that are now giving us Donald well, Trump, and they're paying a price. Okay. E.J. Dion, thank you so much. 25 years ago, Why Americans Hate Politics. It was a classic, the new book, Why the Right Went Wrong. Mr. Dion with Georgetown. Brookings and the Washington Post. We say good morning to all of you, uh, 99.1 FM in Washington and coast to coast on this Super Wednesday. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by the New York Chamber of Commerce. Mining, agriculture opportunities abound in Nigeria. Learn about protective investments in Africa's most active markets. Thursday, March 3rd, breakfast, 8 a.m., 20 West 44th Street. Breakfast is free.